right. Praise the Lord. We thank God for his goodness. We thank him for his mercy. We thank him for every opportunity that we get to share the word of God and to, to perceive the word of God. There's nobody like our God. And we are very thankful that God gives us another day. It is December 19th, um, 2021. We are closing in on the end of the year. And we thank God for all his benefits and all of his blessings. God has blessed us tremendously with his word. Um, this has been a fantastic study in the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 27, to be specific. Um, and we're getting close to the to the very, very end of it. And it's 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 just been a beautiful ride. I have learned so much um, from this study. I pray that you've learned uh, a lot as well and that you've been able to use it, that the word of God was made plain, not because of something that I did or some sort of skill or technique it has nothing to do with me. But that as you listen to the word of God, you listened with an open heart, you continue to listen with the open heart and open mind and just allow God to speak to you because God is speaking. God is calling us to repentance. God is calling us to holiness. God's calling us to righteousness. And so these are the things that we want to be mindful of. And these are the things that we are thankful for that God, after all this time would still be calling us that he'd bless us with his word. And uh, we're just, we're just grateful for that. Um, brothers and sisters, uh, friends and family, um, those uh, guests and strangers, whoever you are, whenever you're listening to this and wherever you may listen to this, doesn't matter the time of day, I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, God has a word for you today. We have been studying um, the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 27, again, um, to be more specific. Um, <clears throat> and um, we have really gone through from the very beginning and we're closing in on the very end. Um, this week, we are picking up uh, talking about the way of God. Let's start with our scripture, starting at verse uh, number one, a Psalm of David, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? <clears throat> when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now, Shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me? Therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. <clears throat> Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me. O God of my salvation, will my father and my mother forsake me? 
then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. In verse number 12, deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. May the Lord, as always, have a blessing upon the hearers and the doers of his word. Um, we thank the Lord um, um, for that, um, for um, those that will hear and do his word. As we always say, I've said it before, I'm going to keep saying it, the blessing is in the obedience. So I pray that when you hear the word, that you are obeying the word. Every time we approach this, this subject, I always read our scripture set. The reason why we do that, in case someone is wondering about that, um, is in case this message, though, uh, which is recorded, uh, makes its way to someone that does not actually have a physical Bible or access to um, some other um, form um, or a way of getting the, the Bible. So we want you to be able to follow along and hear the word of God uh, verbatim to hear it um, as it's being um, as it's being presented. We want you to have that. So that's the reason why um, we always go through that. The other reason is, is that as, and I've said this before, is that every time I read it, after we, uh, we make our way through one scripture and we, and we make our way to the uh, further, the scriptures down the line, when we re, when we uh, reread the scripture with the new understanding that we should now have after having studied the word previously or the scriptures previously, every time we read it, it should take on a deeper meaning, okay? Reading it the first time, if you've never heard it, is different when you read it the second time, having studied it. And that's the reason why, so that the scripture, God by his spirit as he's speaking, will begin to speak with you and show you other things, depths within the scripture that you had not previously known or previously seen prior to you studying it. So that's the other reason why we do that. So one, for one reason, in case someone doesn't have a Bible, the other reason is so that you can take a look and see where your understanding is now that God has uh, has given you some more uh, in-depth knowledge on the scripture. It ought to take on a new meaning. Now, we are in our fourth lesson on talking about the way, okay? Um, um, we're really been, really, we've really been digging into um, our way and God's way, and we've learned a lot of different things about this. We learned um, when we last left off in in lesson number three, we finished up talking about the way of death, okay, and what that actually means in scripture, okay. Now, we are, uh, in particular, looking at verses, um, verse 11, um, teach me the way, thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies, okay? And so we've been talking about the way of God, and we learned that there are many ways in this world. Now, when we say ways, we're talking about paths. So these are the, the how, what you choose, how you choose to live, okay? What type of person you choose to be, okay? What you decide is going to be 
um, your your standard for living, okay? Your 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 morality, your way of operating, all of those different things constitute your way, okay? And we learned that there are many ways or paths in this world. We also learned that we are free to choose any of those paths. We learned that, uh, but we also learned that just because we have a right to choose them, that doesn't mean that all of those paths are healthy for us. We gave some foundation scriptures, 1 Corinthians 10, 23, and 1 Corinthians 6 and 12, okay? And all of these things were very, very wonderful and very beneficial because they talked about that, um, that, that all things are lawful for me, which just basically means I got a right to do or choose whatever it is I want to choose, but they're not all expedient, okay? They're all not going to further me. They're not all going to enhance me. They're not all going to, to augment and make me better in any kind of way, right? Um, and then we also learned that some choices um, that, um, that the scripture gives cautious when it, cautions when it comes to choosing because, the, because what you choose even if you and I choose to ignore it at times, it, it does matter. Why? Because choices still have consequences. And you you and and some of the consequences that come along with some of the choices, well, you don't just undo that. You don't just sidestep that. You're gonna have to deal with some of with the consequences of many of those choices. You know, the scripture teaches us very plainly, we learn um, as it gives us these cautions. Um, you know, the Bible teaches very plain that we to choose. And we talked about how there comes a point, there comes a time, um, brothers and sisters, where we must choose. We must make a choice. Okay. We, we're just not, we, it, it, there's just no other way it, it gets, we can put it off as long as we want, but we get to the point where we've got to make a choice. But the, but, but for as much as the scripture teaches us that, um, and commands us to choose, the scripture also gives us cautions to take when choosing. Why? Because, again, actions have consequences. There's a way that appeals to us, we learned in scripture. And it can, and it can feel awfully right to the natural man. It can feel like, man, this is the, this is, this is the choice. This feels good. This is great. It can feel like it appeals to everything, to our natural senses, and it can appeal in almost every way. Some choices do that. They, they, they are extremely appealing to a variety of our senses, and it's because it's appealing many times we go right along with it. But though it feels right to us, the scripture would teach us otherwise, and we have to be careful that. We looked at Proverbs 14, 12, Proverbs 16, 25, and uh, Ecclesiasticus, verses 37, um, 27, and 28, okay? And all of those scriptures talk about us, hey, be careful. Be careful with what you choose. We also learned that there comes a time, again, um, where you, 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 you have to choose. You can't, uh, we can't always sit on the sideline of life no matter how much we want to and just kind of just, you know, shoot the breeze and waste time and just kind of chill for it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Nobody can just sit on, on the sidelines of life indefinitely. And that's the thing that we talked about in lesson three. And so we learned that in that, that because of that, God, the scripture teaches has set 
two ways before us. Amen. Now we looked at Deuteronomy chapter 30. Amen. We looked at Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 14 through 19. Amen. But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, uh-oh, and death and evil. And I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whether thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whether thou goest over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death. When he says, I call heaven and earth to record this day, that means it's written. That means there's a record for it. You shall not prolong your days upon the land, whether thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. Sorry, that was verse 18, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death. That's the one that I want. Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. So not just you, but your line, all those who will come from you, your family, in essence. Notice what he, notice what he said there. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And he says, all that stuff is before you. All those choices are before you. But here come God's preference. Therefore, choose life. Amen. Amen. You have all of these. But he says, I want you to choose life. Jeremiah 21 and 8. And unto this people thou shalt say, thus saith the Lord, behold, I have set before you the way of life. And the way of death. God said, I put two ways before you. Not only can you not sit idly by, I cannot sit idly by. I've got to make some choices in my life. I'm going to have to make a decision at some point about how I'm going to live, what direction I'm headed in. I can't just be moving from place to place all my life. At some point, I got to settle in on a direction. At a certain point, I got to decide what kind of man I'm going to be. What kind of person I'm going to be. A woman's got to decide what kind of woman she's going to be. We have to decide these things. The choice is there. It's before us. And we can choose whatever it is that we want. 
But the nature of having to choose is that at the end of it, the reality is, is that you cannot have it all. When one lacks the ability to choose or to have it all, he or she must choose. And when it comes to this life, brothers and sisters, you can't have it all. Some of us who, or who listen to this or who will listen to this, You got a problem. You want it all. You want everything. And when I say everything, you want everything God has to offer and you want everything that the world has to offer. Some of us find more problems or have more problems committing to God or walking in this way, the way of God. Because we keep trying to beat the system. We keep trying to find a way, a loophole that allows us to have as much of the world while retaining maximum God. The maximum amount of God. But you can't have, <laughs> listen, you can't have God and this world. And many of us find that we live a life of restlessness, dissatisfaction, frustration, and disappointment. With this world and with this life, why? Because we're trying to have it all. You got to choose. Because as long as you keep trying to find the balance between this world and God, you are going to keep coming up short and you're going to keep being frustrated. Why? Because though you are in this world, if you are a child of God, and I pray that you are listening. And if you're not, this is your day. This what I'm about to say can apply to you. As a child of God, I am in this world, but I am not of this world. I am a citizen of a different kingdom. I come from a different nation. I'm part of a different people. What kind of people? The Bible calls them peculiar. I come from a holy nation. I 
come out of a line of a royal priesthood. I am an heir to spiritual things. That reside in a different kingdom. As it concerns this world, I am a sojourner. I am a traveler. I'm passing through and so are you. And part of the problem that has plagued us as children of God is that we have become dissatisfied with our citizenship in God's kingdom. And now want dual citizenship with this world. But Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. You can't have it all. It's as simple as that. You can't have it all. And for some, somebody listening to this, you're going to find that things are going to start to turn around as soon as you stop chasing everything and you start pursuing what God told you to. Amen. Joshua 24 and 15 told us, choose you this day whom you will serve. So we're commanded to choose. Amen. We talked about death in scripture. We learned that there are multiple types of death in scripture, and it, and it really just kind of depends on the context of what you're talking about, okay? We learned about that there's physical or natural death. That's the first death or be considered the first death. Um, and, and we learned that, 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 that nobody's exempt from that. The only ones that would be exempt from that will be those who are alive at the time of the rapture or the catching away, amen. Outside of that, everybody's got an appointment, amen what a natural transition where you're going to die physically. Okay. That's going to happen. Then we learned that there is a, there is spiritual or soul death, which is reserved for those who are sentenced during judgment um, as outlined revelation 20, 11 through 15. Amen. That's the second death. Amen. Being placed in that lake of fire, that second death is eternal separation from God. Amen. Amen. The way of death is really summed up in Jeremiah 28 and 8 says this, and unto this people thou shalt say, thus saith the Lord, behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. Look at Proverbs 14 and 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 16, 25 echoes the same thing. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The way of death is the way of death, singular, is comprised of the many avenues or paths one can take, okay? Ways of living, that one can decide upon, okay? The way of death is, is comprised of a collection of that, okay? 
Amen. The paths are numerous in number. The paths, the individual paths can be referred to as the ways, plural, of death. But when you take all of the ways or avenues or paths that one can choose in which to live by, collectively, they all together make up the one way, way of death. Amen. So there is a way of death, and it is comprised of multiple ways of living. All of these multiple ways of living all result in death. Amen. They culminate in that. The way of death in scripture generally then refers to eternal separation from God or spiritual death. Okay. And this is the second death that scripture talks about. Again, that first death or is that would be the natural. The second one would be us being eternally separated from God. And we, you don't want that. You do not want that. Listen, you, gotta, you don't have a choice in the first death, the natural body. But my goodness, brothers and sisters, you got a choice when it comes to the second one. You got a choice as to whether or not you're going to be eternally separated from God or not. What does that mean, preacher? It means that you got a choice between heaven and hell. Because when the natural man has passed on, you best believe there's still the issue on the table of where is your soul going? Because when the natural man passes on, it's not over. Oh, it's just beginning. When the natural man passes on, when he transitions, the subject on the table, the issue at hand is going to be where is your soul going to reside? Do you know today? Do you know where you're going? Because if you don't, you can know. You can know today. You can know today. Let me make it plain for somebody because I don't want anybody to leave this message not knowing or left stuck trying to figure it out. If you have not repented of your sin, if you ain't come to the end of yourself doing your own stuff, repented of your sins, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or the washing away of those sins, Thus, you for receiving forgiveness and full pardon of your sins. If you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you know when you get it, because when they got it in the, in the, in the Bible, they got it with speaking in tongues. That is the initial evidence. Does tongues save you? No. But it does serve as a proof of receipt when God has finished or completed what he said he was going to do.
when you get the Holy Ghost, God don't want you to wonder whether or not you got it. He gave you a way to identify. Now, if you've got your salvation the way the Bible says to get it and not some knockoff way or something that somebody came up with that is not in the scripture, as long as you got it the way the Bible says, then your destination when it is all over, it's upward. You're headed to heaven. But heaven help you if you don't have that. If you ain't, if you don't got your, if you don't have your salvation according to the Bible, you're headed downward. I told you I wanted to make that plain. I don't want you to leave this message not wonder, wondering where it is that you're going. If you don't have Jesus, listen, you can't have Jesus the way you want Jesus. You got to get him the way he told you, he, the way he authorized. You got to be sorry for your sin. You got to be broken up over your sin. You got to repent for all the mess and all the trash and all the filth. I had to do it. You have to do it. We all have to do it. You can't have a secret love affair with your secret sins. We got to turn away from those things. And then we've got to obey the scripture. Those that believe he said baptize. You got to get in that water and go under that water. In the name of Jesus Christ. You don't go in that water in the name of nobody else. You don't go in the name of titles. You don't go into the name of somebody else who means you. Went. No, you go in in the name of Jesus Christ or the Lord Jesus. That's it. Brother Walker, that's too restrictive. Sorry you feel that way, but that's the only way that was given. A quick examination of the scripture will reveal that nobody ever baptized any other way. One Lord, one faith, what? One baptism. When it comes to salvation and baptism and all of these things and receiving the Holy Ghost, God doesn't ask you to interpret that. He doesn't ask you, <laughs> there's nothing for you to interpret. Your reasoning is not necessary. Your obedience through faith is. You don't have to understand it. He's not asking you to. He's just asking you to believe his report. Believe what he said he can do. That he can wash you and cleanse you and make you new all over again. But you can't get that doing it your way. You can't want to be saved, but you want to be saved according to your own method. You got to do what the Bible says. Amen. Amen. You don't want. You ain't got a choice when it comes to the first death. But my goodness, you got a choice when it comes to the second death and you don't want it. 
You don't want it. I read to you Deuteronomy 30, 14 through 19. You saw it plainly for yourself. He said, therefore, choose life. Amen. Amen. Verse number 11, Psalms 27, David said, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Let that settle in for just a moment. Teach me thy way. And I want you to look at that scripture in the light of all of the other scriptures that preceded it. All the things that David has discussed with God and brought up with God and talked to God about because he really laid his heart bare in many ways in Psalms 27. Amen. He really did. And then when we get to verse 11, he says, teach me thy way. David's winding down and he's wrapping it up. And we only, and there's only a few more verses left in this, but David is, uh, but David, so, so I love the way he's starting to, he's finishing this. He says, teach me thy way. Amen. This is the same man who started out with the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Amen. He starts, he goes in talking about what he's going to do when the enemy encamps around him and how, what his response is going to be. He goes into talking about his one desire or his heart's desire of the Lord and, and declares that he's going to seek after that. He talks about what God does and, and has done for him in the time of trouble. He reminds us, he goes into to all of that. And then he talks about how, how even in spite of with all of the things that the enemy is doing, that his head is going to be lifted up. He talks about all these things. He, he requests God to hear him when he cried. He declares that he's going to offer sacrifices. And then when you get finally down to, and he even talked about how, talked about the goodness of God and the grace, really the mercy of God. When those who are closest to us leave us, when he talked about father forsaking us, when mother and father and those who are closest to us forsaking us, and then he gets to verse, then he gets finally to verse number 11, and he says, teach me thy way. All of these different things that he's talked about and he's declared, and it begins to culminate, start to culminate in verse number 11 with teach me thy way. David requests, makes this awesome, this wonderful, this beautiful request of God. Teach me thy way. Teach me thy way. With everything else that had gone before and that preceded it, look at how David begins to end or wind this thing down. Look at how he begins to, to take it. Teach me thy way. Being a child of God comes with rights and privileges. <laughs> 
there are just rights and certain rights and privileges that come with being a child of God. And one such is the right or the privilege to make requests of God. It's one of the perks. Being a child of God comes with certain perks. Certain rights and privileges. And one of those perks, one of those rights or privileges. Amen. Is, is that we get to make requests to God. You, you don't really have that. See, when you are a sinner, you can make a request, but there's really only one request that God is interested in hearing. And that's the and, and and that is the prayer of repentance. God wants you to come to him. Wants you to be sorry for what you've done. With a changed mind and a changed attitude, ready to go in a different direction and ready to be obedient to what his word says. Because the next step from there is the salvation process. After repentance, it is baptism in the name of Jesus Christ or the Lord Jesus. That is the name that is to be used. That is the proper way in which a person is to be baptized. If you have not been baptized that way, you do need to be rebaptized. But Brother Walker, I don't think that that matters. It does matter. Because that's exactly what happened in the book of Acts when it was discovered that there were those that were baptized into John's baptism and not baptized into Jesus Christ. What happened? Those who had not received the Holy Ghost, when it was discovered that they had not received it, the reason why they had not received it was discovered because, number one, they was baptized wrong. Now, when I say that baptized wrong, what I mean in that in this instance is, is that they were not baptized according to the method that Jesus made available for us in which we would receive his gifts. You want the gifts of God, you got to go through the name of Jesus. Yes, we know prior to Jesus coming on the scene and when they were dealing with John the Baptist, forerunner, the, who, who was the forerunner, they did things a little bit different. They were baptized according to John's baptism. But when that more excellent way came, but when Jesus stepped on the scene, there was a shift and there was a transition, but there were some people who still went through the old way. It wasn't good enough. So what, ha what happened? They got rebaptized. Don't think it's strange and don't feel, don't, don't feel bad about, listen, I was baptized originally according to in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I was, I was baptized that way. But when I began to search the scripture and have the word talk to me and I understood that nobody was baptized that way in the Bible. Oh, it became necessary that I redo this thing.
And just as it happened, like in the book of Acts, it happened with me. I had to be rebaptized. Amen. Amen. You got to do it God's way. David says, teach me thy way. Being a child of God comes with those perks and those privileges. And provided you have done what God says do according to way, the way he said do it, then you are a child of God. I'm talking about salvation. I'm not talking about, oh, you've read something in the Bible and the Bible said this and you just went and did that, but you never, but you never repented of your sins and you never, you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus. You never received the Holy Ghost and you know you got the Holy Ghost because you will speak in other tongues according to the scripture. That is what the scripture says. We don't get to rewrite that and we don't get to change that because somebody don't want to wait on the spirit. And they want to associate goosebumps or anything else with the Holy Ghost. No, you know when you get the Holy Ghost. The scripture shows you how to know. Jesus said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak in other tongues. Who's supposed to do that? Those that believe. And provided that you have gotten your salvation according to the Bible. Then you got the right and the privilege to ask of God. Philippians 4 and 6 tells it, says it this way. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So you got it right. Now, now make note, mental note of those, those, the, the criteria, because it's, this scripture doesn't just give you a blanket permission to, to, to request anything that you want. That, that, that's not what that scripture is talking, is talking about, nor that is that what God is attempting to have expressed through the apostle Paul. It's not what he's doing because he also gives some stipulations about, um, about this. Now, when he tells us, be careful for nothing or, or and those sorts of things, that means don't, don't, don't let, you know, don't, don't let stuff get in the way of you, of you praying and you coming to God. Don't, don't get caught up in your own thoughts. Don't get caught up in, well, maybe God, you know, God has done this, you know, for other people, but I'm not really sure he'll do it for me. My, my sins are too great. My situation is too this and I'm too that. No, he don't, he didn't ask you to think it. You don't decide for God. You are not God. And he is not asking you to be. But if you are a child of God, he has given you a given you permission to come before him. And my goodness, you're able to come boldly before him, one scripture tells us. Be careful for nothing. When it comes to, to, to getting in touch with God, don't get sidetracked on, on stuff. 
Be focused. What do you need to talk to God about and go after it? But in everything, by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You got to come with an attitude of thankfulness. Remember, you're going to God in order to ask him something. You're going to him to request something. When you go to God to request something, you request what you don't already have. And what the writer is telling us here is that when you go to God and you need something from God, don't be intimidated. Don't be shy. Don't, don't listen. Be careful for nothing. Bring your request to God. And when you get there, although you don't have what you already have, what you're about to ask for, ask for with thanksgiving. Be thankful. Thanksgiving is based out of or springs forth out of what you do have. I am thankful for what I do have. Thanksgiving is based on what you do have showing appreciation for what you have received. But with prayer, he says, come with prayer and supplication. So obviously you don't actually have this yet. So what is the writer telling you to do? He's teaching you that when you come to God and you request God to do something, be thankful Come with an attitude of thanksgiving as if you've already received. And for that which you have actually already received. So you, when you come with an attitude of thanksgiving, Thanksgiving can cover what you have already received. But when you put it in the realm of prayer and requesting God, you can be thankful to your heavenly father as it concerns your request from the standpoint as if you have already received it. How can you do that? Because God is faithful. And when we ask according to his will, God answers. I might not have my answer right now. But I prayed according to his will. And I know that my God is going to bless me. And if he don't, 
bless me exactly with what I want. You know what I can count on? Him to give me what I need. And that alone is enough to be thankful for. Amen. Amen. So we have these rights and we have these perks, this ability to ask God for what we want. To come to God and to, to, to be able to ask of God, to petition of God. But though we have a right to ask, if we take it a bit further, exercising, exercising the right to ask is not without guidelines. There are guardrails to govern our asking or to help us when we ask is probably a better way of describing that. You have been given the right to ask, the privilege of asking, but that right and that privilege didn't come just as an open buffet where you just chew, do whatever it is that you want. No, you have the right to ask, but exercising the right has guidelines. Look at James chapter one, verses five through eight. If any of you lack wisdom, watch this, let him ask of God. I don't have something. I know that I need it. I can go to God, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Keep in mind, it's wisdom. So it's asking for something that is according to the will of God. He's not asking for something ridiculous. He's asking for something that is in line with God. You want your prayers answered to see more of your prayers answered? Start lining your prayers up to the will of God. Start desiring holy and righteous things. When you start desiring holy and righteous things, you're going to start requesting holy and righteous things. When you start requesting, requesting holy and righteous things, then your requests are going to start lining up to and conforming to the will and the pattern and the way of God. And when that happens, and that begins to happen, you're going to start seeing more fulfillment in those prayers. At some point, you got to leave the selfish arena. And you got to jump into that selfless arena. Because everything that God did for us was selflessly done. Jesus went to the cross on our behalf, not because he had to and not because he needed to, but because he chose to. He selflessly chose to allow his natural life to be ended so that your spiritual life could begin. My goodness, Jesus said, no man take my life, but I lay it down. 
And if I lay it down, I got power to take it up again. Sin had to be paid for. But the price was awfully high. Wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. All I had was just enough to pay my fines. But I didn't have enough to get me off the hook. Sin required a life. And by all accounts, my life should have been the one to pay for my own sins. But the problem with that scenario was is that if I had paid for my own sins, it would have ended right there. But when God created me, the Bible says, we are wonderfully and fearfully made. God had greater designs for me when he made me and when he made you. Wanted fellowship with you. And if he had allowed you to just pay for your sins, the debt would have been, set, been settled, but the fellowship would have been lost. Because after you and I had settled our debt, if he had allowed us to, we wouldn't have had nothing left in the tank that would have been over. That would have been the final straw for us. There wouldn't have been a round two. But here come God Almighty wrapping himself in the vesture of a man. And doing what you and I could not do. not only paying for our sins, which required death, but he was able to come back from it. And because he was able to come back from it, because he's God, it's his right and privilege to offer you and I a comeback. What was he doing on Calvary? Securing a way for you and I to come back. That's what he was doing. And that's why it's very important to acknowledge your sins and repent of those sins. And don't try to help. Don't, the Bible teaches that the one who hides his sins or covers his sin will perish. There's nothing to be gained. God already got you. Listen, you already, he already got you on tape. You already been caught red-handed. And you a sinner just like everybody else. So go on and let God clean you up. Be sorry for what you've done. 
we have a right to ask, but it's not without guidelines. If any man, any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. So it requires faith when you ask. Remember, we learned it Thanksgiving is an ingredient. Now we learn faith is an ingredient. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So we can come and we can ask, but there's a way. You got to come with thanksgiving. And you got to come with faith. And it's got to be the type of faith that doesn't doubt. The faith that just simply believes that God is able. Luke 11 and 9 says it this way. And I say, this is Jesus telling us, and I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find, and it shall be open unto to you. Verse 10, for everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Perseverance is the other thing. So not only do you have to have faith, not only do you have to have thanksgiving, amen, but you have to also have persistence. You have to be persistent with what? Persistent with the faith. Persistent with the thanksgiving. Persistent in the seeking. Persistent, in essence, in the asking. You keep asking. The fact that you keep asking God for the same thing over and over is not a sign that you don't believe. No, no, no. God wants you to keep asking over and over and over. And But every time you ask, what is God looking for? God's looking for an expression of, of thanksgiving, an expression of faith. And he's looking for you and I to be consistent in that expression. Because surely we have been given the right to ask, but it certainly matters the way in which you ask, because you can't ask for just anything. Don't believe that? Look at James chapter four, verse three. Ye ask and receive not. He's talking about why some, some of us ask and we don't get nothing. Watch this. Ye ask and receive not. Here's why. Because you ask amiss. The word amiss means badly. <laughs> it, it, it means wrongly. 
<laughs> that's 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 literally what it means. It means in an evil way. It means wicked. Or 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 it can even mean an improper manner. So the apostle tell, he says, you ask and receive not. And here's why. Because you ask wrongly. Because you ask badly. Because you ask with evil motives. Because you ask with wicked intentions. Because you ask in an improper manner. You see that? <laughs> don't tell me it don't matter. Yes, it does. And we just gave you the scriptures that showed you the ingredients, what, you, what, what constitutes asking correctly. Thanksgiving, faith, persistence. Those ingredients. Amen. He says, you ask, you receive and receive not because you ask amiss. Why? That you may consume it upon your lust. Selfish. What you want. All that constitutes asking badly or asking wrongly. And he says, that is the problem. So yes, we have the privilege and the perk, the right to ask, but it does matter. And it will always matter. How you ask. What we can ask for Bottom line, cannot be requested just any kind of way. Because how our requests come to God, they matter. They matter. And that puts us squarely at this question. Which we will pick up next week what are we asking for what are we asking for brothers and sisters god bless you until next week may this lesson bless you richly share it with somebody have a wonderful sunday until next time i'm going to stop the recording here Wow.